You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Kids are getting online younger and younger as tools for learning expand beyond the blackboard and onto iPads and computer screens. There's stacks of stuff out there that kids can engage with that's really exciting. And this learning, it's happening in safe environments. So we're talking about schools and preschool settings where educators are monitoring and guiding our kids. But how safe is it? I recently read an article in the Fairfax Papers, and it was basically saying that there are many schools using online tools that aren't completely safe for kids. Susan McLean is a cyber safety expert, and she's on the phone to talk to us about this. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. I would have assumed that my daughter's primary school had it covered when it comes to online safety. Is that a fair assumption to make? Look, I think it's a fair assumption, but it's not a realistic one in that most schools do a really good job of this, but it does beg a belief some of the things that I get to deal with that happen at school under the care and control of the teacher um, where systems have failed or staff really haven't thought through the reality of what they're doing. Let's get to the very basic thing here before we move on. Um, when we're talking about making a school environment safe for children, what exactly would that look like? Because in my mind, I think massive firewall, but I'm very illiterate in those things. Look, what, what we want first and foremost is the school to provide the safe environment. So filtering is going to be front and centre. Now, some filters are quite good, some are next to useless. I've even been in schools where they've not had any filtering, um, not even put safe search onto the Google search engine. So, you know, we want robust filtering, especially in primary schools, um, but we also need to make sure that children that might be tempted to look for the wrong things can't at school, and certainly to protect them from things popping up that are inappropriate. And now you said it beggars belief, and I'm, I'm feeling quite astounded at the moment. Is, why is this happening? Is there not a nationwide approach that schools must take when it comes to how nope. they use? No. Nope. No, it is basically up to each individual school. Now, if you're a government school, there'll be some overarching rules or expectations or perhaps you're using the internet provided by your state education department. So that's one option. But then again, if you say in the Catholic system, um, some use Catholic ed internet, some use their own, some have private providers, some use personal and private IT people. Um, and this is where um, it all falls down because whilst, yes, you think it's common sense and we've had the internet for over 20 years and we should be on top of this now, we're simply not. So some schools do it very, very well. Um, some don't. I dealt last year with a, a Catholic primary school. Um, the children were watching pornography movies on the school iPads in the library at lunchtime. Oh, my goodness. Because the filters weren't in place. Wow. Um, okay, so the filters are one thing. There are, there are also programs that I hear of kids using or even getting introduced to as early as kindergarten. So um, my child does um, coding, for example, and I know that there are games and things like that that they do. Um, do you know of any particular programs that are used in that kind of learning context which could possibly be used as a way for them to access other people that they don't know, strangers? 
What parents need to be aware of is that any site, game or app that allows communication essentially can have a predator on it if, if you want to go down that path. You know, coding itself, learning to code, is one thing relatively harmless and safe because you're not actually interacting with a whole lot of other people at that point. But let's say you're playing a game, well, then that may allow interactions. Now, some games have a safer mode, so an offline mode, or you can set up private servers so only the people that you allow can communicate with your child. But then there are other games that are very popular that only have an online component. So basically, if you want your child to play a game like Roblox, um, then they're online, they're out there with whoever else is out there as well. So, I, I mean, look, this is a really obvious thing to say, but how great is that danger that we, we all are very cautious of our children interacting with strangers when we're not there? And what does this mean online if, if they start to have access to people we don't know who they are? What's the danger in that happening online in a school environment? In a school environment is less likely provided the games are being played in a safe, a safe way. So it's pretty rare for predators, for example, to contact a child playing Minecraft at school during the school day. Mostly schools use private servers, so they set up their own server and that gives the students an online experience but not one that's connected to the wider public. But I have seen some schools that just allow the students on a public server and that is akin to, you know, dumping them in the middle of the shopping centre and say, go and have fun. Mm. Right. Oh, man. So what needs to happen for schools to be consistent across the board about online safety? Can we, can we get a department and make you the head of it? Uh, that'd be great. Sign me <laughs> up because, you know, as I said, I, you know, last year I spoke to 65,000 students around Australia. Um, I do presentations every single day. And, you know, some schools are great. They're on top of this. They're really switched on. And others, you know, I just look at them and I think, really, you're doing that in this day and age. So things like the BYOD program where the parent provides a device and it comes to school. I work in schools that don't have rules about that. So basically the kids can come with their iPad and bring on that iPad whatever they like. They're not checked. They don't have rules. They don't um, insist that there's no content that's inappropriate. Um, they might have grade six children signed up to social media on the iPads. Well, that's not okay because 13 is the minimum age for all social media. So if that device is being used for education, there needs to be a rule about it. And I think that many schools have jumped on the IT bandwagon thinking that they need to be out there and promoted as a, a tech-savvy school. But many of them have not done the groundwork. And it's like anything, if you lay the foundation, you write the policy, you implement the policy and you provide education, you'll reap the rewards. But if you go all gung-ho and just do it because everyone else is doing it, you are going to come crashing down. So with this, um, I've been talking a lot about the school and, and feeling that our children, uh, it should all be in hand at school, but often we talk about how parents and teachers need to work together. In particular, with, with the example of um, bringing their own device like the iPad, are there things that parents, if they're listening and they go, oh, yeah, no, I don't have any rules for what's on my iPad or what settings I should have, are there any steps that they should go through before they let their child take the iPad to school? Well, I would like to think that a detailed policy document and a user agreement came home to be signed by both the student and the parent in the first place. I would expect the school to have outlined to the parent how the devices would be used, the rules around using them. Um, for example, photography. 
lots of children do not like being photographed by other children on the iPod, on the iPad, or, you know, we've got children misusing the photography settings. So, you know, what's the rules around that? What are the consequences if you do the wrong thing? I think it's incumbent upon parents to ask a school. So where's your policy? What is it? What does it say? How are you educating children? Because it's, it's a lot more than this is how you type a Word document or this is how you do that. You know, we need a holistic approach to cyber safety education that must cover all the issues. And for parents, you know, you need to control the device. You need to have all the apps switched off. You need to have it set up so that if the child wants to download an app, they have to come and ask you for it. Uh, you check it out, you read the terms and conditions of use and you make sure it's okay. Children should not be downloading apps for Linally at school. Um, the process should be that a teacher decides that an app is wanted. Um, it goes through a review process. Um, there should be a team of people at school that actually critique that app and make sure it does actually have an educational outcome. Then the note goes home to mum and dad, please download this app because your child needs it, then the device comes back to school. That's best practice. Well, Susan, um, I think I need to introduce you to our PNC. I don't even know what they do, but I want you to talk to them. Uh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That's a pleasure. Anytime. That's Susan McLean. She's a cyber safety expert, and I'll pop a link up on our website later this afternoon if you'd like to learn more about Susan and the work that she does. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.